Greetings, everyone. Master Grogan here, ready to rock your world with another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. Hey, as you know, we talk about it a lot. Not if, but when the world kicks your butt. I'm here to motivate, inspire, and kick your butt back up. And that's the whole essence of the Kickin' Life podcast, to help you live your best kickin' life. So buckle up. Here we go. Hey, hey, Kicking Lifers out there, how we doing? Hopefully you're having a fantastic day. Master Grogan coming at you again with another exciting Kicking Life podcast. Hey, as a reminder, if you've not checked out our previous episodes, please do so. We've got, oh my goodness, I don't know how many wonderful guests and knowledge and wisdom, but I tell you what, we've got probably the biggest guest I've ever had here today. I am pumped. I'm excited. Heck, I'm even a little bit nervous. I don't know why, but I am. This guest, before I introduce this person... His father is someone I quote every single podcast. It's someone I've talked about since we started the podcast. And all the video blogs that are out there, you know, mentioning, heck, my kids can finish this gentleman's quotes. I'm so pumped, so excited to have the author of Choose to Win, the son of legendary, motivational, inspiring, empowering speaker. And uh, I guess we're almost a quarter of a million people that this person's father has influenced and empowered and inspired, and he and his two sisters have continued the journey, and I'm talking about Mr. Tom Ziegler. Tom, how are we doing, buddy? Well, Rick, I'm doing better than good, but I think that's like genetically required. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Well, Tom, thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy day. I always tell the listeners that, as we know, time is the most sacred and valuable commodity we have. So I always promise the listeners that I will give them absolutely everything I can, continue to read, research, study, travel, and surround myself with people like you to to bring out the absolute very, very best so we can give them the very, very best. And I am just honored beyond words to, well, not only have you on the podcast, but to call you a friend now. And uh, we've... I don't know, the time I spent at Ziegler headquarters with you and your sisters and Lori learning and engaging, my goodness, I'm still on cloud nine from that. So, so honored to be a part of the Ziegler legacy and so honored to call you a friend and have you on the podcast. Well, Rich, we've known each other for what, four or five months now? Yes. I think it feels like our whole lives, huh? I agree. I agree. And it, that touches my heart to hear you say that. And I know I shared with you, as so many millions and millions of listeners or listeners of your father's material has shared with you, the profound impact it had on them. And when I came back from the Ziegler legacy, I was I just couldn't wait to show that uh, Ziegler seal to everybody. And I, everybody I talked to you said, "Oh yeah, I listened to him on cassette tapes when I was a kid. Oh yeah, my parents used to listen to him." It's like, oh my gosh! And did I have it right? Is it a quarter of a million people? A billion? I'm sorry, quarter of a billion. Yeah, we estimate that that impacted 250 million people uh, in his life through his speeches, through our through the Ziegler Show podcast, through millions of books sold. Uh, it just goes on and on. It's, it really is a legacy. And I, every day I run into somebody who was, you know, my age or younger, you know, maybe even in their 20s, and they're like, hey, I had to listen to your dad growing up in the car. My parents were listening to him. <laughs> so. I'm like, me too. I had to listen to that in the car. So <laughs> literally millions of people have been impacted, and it's such a blessing because everywhere I go, I just meet I meet family. It, it is. It's an extended family, and I know from the, uh, I guess, 
through three different times. Now we've been to Ziegler headquarters. Uh, just it, it's just wow. That's that's all I really can say is wow. The the amount of positivity and inspiration and the fact that you and your your sisters have kind of carried the legacy on is, is amazing. Because now you've got uh, your own book out, Choose to Win, which is a follow up to your father's last book, Born to Win. And uh, I, I've shared with the listeners, but I'm going to let you talk about it, how it kind of, you know, your dad said everybody's endowed with the seed is greatness, so you're born to win, and then you went to the next step, but you have to choose to win. If you want to kind of share with our listeners how that kind of came about. Yeah, you bet. So the, the book, the subtitle of the book is Transform Your Life One Simple Choice at a Time. And to be honest, about four years ago, I was speaking, and uh I was giving a talk and somebody raised their hand and they said, Tom, what is the fastest way to success? And I've never been asked that question. You know, people always said, well, what are the three keys to success or what do successful people do? And so after a short pause, I just blurted out, the fastest way to success is to replace bad habits with good habits. Well, later on, my mentor, he was in the room, he quoted me, he said, everybody write what Tom said down, write it down. So I was listening. What did I say? And he said that quote again. I wrote it down. I didn't even realize that I said it. And so that quote kind of became the anchor of writing my book. And the working title for my book for, for three years was called Live to Win. And I just fell in love with it. I actually taught a program called Live to Win for over two years. We sent the manuscript in, and Swisher gets it, and they go, man, we love the book. Uh, we think the title is okay, but we think we have a better one. We want to call it Choose to Win instead of Live to Win. Well, you know, when you are set on something and you've been doing it every day for almost three years, I was like, I don't know about that. Well, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that Choose to Win was a much better title. And here's what I mean. I really do believe every single one of us is born to win. But the reality is, we're all born into different circumstances. We have different obstacles to overcome. We're all unique. Uh, some people are blessed to grow up in, in normal, what we call normal homes. Other people are single family that have, you know, huge obstacles to overcome. Maybe life throws a challenge at them, like a disease or, or poverty or an accident. It's, the reality is we're born to win, but living to win is hard. And we come from different circumstances. But this we do have. We all have a choice. And this is the key. Regardless of the circumstances, we can still choose to win. There's a story, I believe, it's, uh, towards the end of, of the book, Born to Win, and it talks about two twin brothers, identical twins. And it was later in their lives. One of them was serving 40 years in a prison term. And they went in and they interviewed him. And they said, you know, tell us about your life. Why are you in prison? And basically, he said, hey, my father was an alcoholic, abusive, hard man who did everything he could to, to break us. And where else would I end up in prison being raised by a father like that? Well, they went to interview his identical twin brother, and they asked him this. They said, you know, you own nine businesses. You've given millions to charity. You're an icon in the community. Everybody comes to you for advice. How do you reconcile that? And he said, well, where else would I be? I mean, my father was an alcoholic, abusive man. He did everything he could to destroy his family. So I spent my whole life trying to be the opposite. Where else would I be but where I am? See, those two people came out of the same situation, but they realized they had a choice. 
one of them chose the victim route. The other one said, it doesn't matter. I'm going to become the person God created me to become. And so that really is kind of the essence of how we came to the name Choose to Win. And Choose to Win is a game plan. It's a simple one-choice-at-a-time game plan to create the right habits that will allow you to become the person that God created you to become. That's fantastic. Fantastic. And, and for listeners, I've shared that story a couple times, but you got it straight <laughs> from the Ziegler mouth there. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, and, and you're right. We're all born to win, but it's those choices, those simple little choices. And that kind of leads into my uh, next little question here. I had uh, the notes that we had our phone call the other day, which I'm so grateful for that you took the time. And folks, you hear me say this all the time. It's who you spend time with. Time is such an, you know, it's such a sacred commodity. You choose time if you're watching, you know, I know a lot of people watch that Games of Thrones. Personally, I've never seen it. But uh, if you say you don't have time, I bet if you looked at your Netflix account or you looked at your social media timeline, you've probably got some time in there to spend it with folks and people that are going to help lift you up and drive you to the next level. And, of course, Ziegler Coaching, that's another wonderful thing people can be a part of as well. But, Tom, I wanted to touch on um, something you'd said to me about schedule worry time. Uh, it, which which is fantastic. I mean, obviously, on the surface, it sounds crazy. Why would you want to schedule time to worry? But we're going to worry anyway. But by you telling me to schedule time to worry, therefore, hypothetically speaking, today, I've got to worry. Well, you know what? Hey, you know what? Tuesday at 10 o'clock is worry time. I'll push that thought off till then. Now, chances are that thought, <laughs> that worry is going to go away. Or if it's still there, then I've got the adequate time to solve it. But you also talked about uh, uh, with that, when the worry time comes, you say, what action can I take right now to reduce the worry or stress? And after that, I just turn it over to God. Now, when I turn it over to God, it's in his hands. It's in his control. But here was kind of the big thing. You said, when you turn it over to God, don't pick it up when you leave. Leave it there. And uh, if you can kind of elaborate on that point for our listeners, because I, I mean, that hit me hard. I call it my right hook of reality. But you're exactly right. When you've done everything you can do, boom, turn it over to God. But then don't pick it up and carry it with you. <laughs> yeah, that whole sequence is, is to me, it's just, you know, having talked to thousands of people, uh, and more than, you know, tens of thousands of people when it comes to my speaking. When I ask people, how many of you ever get derailed because something pops into your mind that you worry about? Probably 80% of the hands go up. And so we all deal with it. From time to time, we all deal with it. And so being kind of the researcher that I am, I read a study about how we can, we can take control of our mind. We can determine what our mind does rather than, than just letting it go off of the fear and the anxiety of the things that we don't know about. But this is a trick. It's like a hack. And so if worries come into your mind, just schedule a time every day to worry. Like you said, 10 o'clock every day, I'm going to worry. And so what that does is it gives your brain comfort, it gives your mind comfort. It, it tells you, hey, I'm going to get to it then. Well, then when it's time to worry and you get to that 10 o'clock hour and you write down your worries, usually about 70% of them have already resolved. And so now you've got three or four. Then what you do is you identify exactly what you can do, what action you can plan to resolve that worry. And you do that. Well, then there's some things that you can't control. Like if you're going to make a move at the company or you're going to have a family discussion or you're going to talk to a friend about an issue, 
one thing you can't control is how that other person is going to react, right? There's no control over that. Now, you can control how you present it, and you can do the best job possible, but how they ultimately take it, even if you present it in the best possible way, that's their deal. Things like that, that's what you turn over to God. Oh. It does no good whatsoever to continue to worry about how they're going to respond. Uh, one of the things that I learned about my dad is he said over and over again that he never worried. And it's true, he didn't. I mean, when you looked at him, he was ageless. For years, he was ageless because the worry just didn't happen in his life. And I studied it, and I said, you know, what is it that makes him not worry? Well, this is what dad was dedicated to. He said, you know, dad was dedicated to this having a close relationship, a vibrant relationship with God, and then speaking God's truth and love. And that's it. So here's the key. When you speak God's truth and love, you have no responsibility as to how other people receive it. That's between them and God. And so if you have no responsibility as to how people receive what you say when you speak God's truth and love, that means you got nothing to worry about. And that's the hard part, because most of us want to win the popularity contest. We want people to like us. We want to be accepted. You know, we want to be considered for the next promotion, or we want to be considered one of the fun people or the good guys or whatever. And so it's very difficult for us to just simply speak God's truth and love. Now, guess what? If we don't speak it in love, and if it's not true, that's a whole other ballgame. Yeah. And so that's where that vibrant relationship comes with the Creator. Ah, so, so powerful. And that brings up so many different thoughts. Uh, one is the, the story of kicking the cat. Whose cat have you kicked today? It, kind of saying the same thing. <laughs> we have no idea what that person's going through. And just because they may take out their anger on us, that has nothing to do with us. It's their anger, and we just happen to be in the path of the tornado or the hurricane there. And, folks, you've heard me talk about the kick the cat story. It's, um, it's in the books, and it's on other podcasts that I've talked about. you have to check that out. Uh, but since we've got Tom on the line here, I want to spend time on some things we haven't talked about and dive deeper into well, just the amazement of being Zig Ziglar's son. And I mean, how was that growing up with, with, with Dad like that and, and your amazing sisters? on the road and traveling. And I know Zig talked about you all the time in the books. Uh, one particular story is uh, a golf story when uh, I guess you were both on going for birdie and he sunk the putt or you sunk it. And then he was kind of perplexed. Well, do I really sink this uh, to take away my son's joy and, and, and celebratory feeling right now? Or do I kind of miss it, but then really cheat him of that victory? And then he made it and he, uh, your dad turned to you and said, so, son, were you rooting for me? And you said, Dad, I'm always rooting for you. I, I, my gosh, that really pounded the heart there. So growing up, uh, Zig Ziglar's son, can you share a little bit? I know that, that you could talk for days on end, but maybe some highlights and some points. Yeah, well, you know, I tell everybody it was, a, it was really uh, a blessing. I tell people as good as Dad was on stage, he was even better off stage. Uh, one of my friends said, hey, you know, your dad walks his talk, and he's a really good talker. And that's really the truth. You know, he was so personal, so sincere, 
uh, he always wanted to do what was right. Uh, I can remember many times he would come to me uh, one-on-one and he would say, hey, I, I think I handled that situation wrong or I was short. And 90% of the time, I couldn't even remember what situation he was talking about. And so he was always kind of evaluating uh, his relationship with everybody in his family, you know. Is it good? Can it, you know, what can I do to make it better? Did I fall short in any area? And he never, ever wanted to go to sleep thinking that he could have done better, that he could have done more. Um, so that whole situation uh, was just just amazing. In fact, one of Dad's habits uh, is whenever he would travel, he would always call all of the kids, my sisters and me, uh, on his way out. And then when he got back home, uh, just so that we would know, he called it his airport call, uh, that he was on the road, that he loved it. And, you know, those little things like that. In fact, uh, when he, as he was older in his seventies, uh, this was back, he preferred the little flip phones and he only had like five people on auto dial, you know, mom and the kids and, uh, Miss Lori at the office, right? That was it. And so. He would just hit one, then he would hit two, then he would he'd just go down the list, <laughs> and, you know, telling people where he was and checking in. But that's just, and he was at home, he was also an introvert. Um, most people don't know that because he would just come alive with energy and charisma when he was on stage, and he loved being around people. Uh, but he was an introvert, so he got his energy uh, from just being quiet around the people that he loved, you know, from reading and studying and and then time in God's word. And and so he carved out time to make sure that that happened. And then he set the example. One of the one of the quotes that I have is that legacy is a transference of habit. And so what that really means is that, you know, I'll give the example. Uh, the greatest lessons that I learned from dad, he never taught me. I taught him. I watched him do it over and over and over again. He, he would get up at uh, 4.30 or 5 without the electronics, you know, without the alarm clock, uh, because he was, he was waking up to pursue his dream. He didn't need an alarm clock to get up. And he would start work at 5 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning. I used to think, that's insane. And then I started doing that. And I'm wondering, how does that happen? Well, I just watched it so many times, and I saw the fruit that it, that it, that it bore in his life. So now it's like that to me. That's the most coveted time of my my day. It's that first two or three hours, just getting filled up, just getting energized, just doing the priorities. That's what it was like. And then he set the example with mom. You know, mom was his number one account. There was no question about it. She came first, and uh, he often said, "You know what? The world would have never heard of Ben Ziegler if it hadn't been for the redhead." And if you knew the redhead, if you knew mom, you knew that was the truth. So just blessed on all accounts. And so everywhere I go, you know, somebody comes to me and they say, hey, you know, I knew your dad or I ran into your dad or I went to this event. And I always love this story. I never get tired of it. Oh, so, so powerful. And then so many thoughts are running through my head just hearing all that. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of hard to narrow them all down. It's, it's someone at the Ziegler uh, Legacy uh, conference that said, I got squirrels. Too many squirrels are running around here. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, what was I going to say? 
with everything that, and it's something for our listeners, you know, especially, you know, men out there. Um, and I know you and I spoke about me having a little difficult time with the family and uh, work-life balance. And if, the suggestion, I know we talked uh, just last week, and I've completely moved my home office out of my home, and uh, we painted this, the studio office. We just redid it. We painted it. We're moving things around, adding another bookcase and a bookshelf in there and all kinds of things. So I'm in the transition of moving that out. But your dad had said it better than just about anybody. Be where your feet are. If you're at home, be at home. You know, if you're at work or the job, be at the job. But when they cross over, if you're at home thinking about work and you're at work thinking about home, you're never at peace. And just to hear you say that, that's what your dad did. And not only the things he said to you, but most importantly, his actions that he, he probably didn't realize because he conditioned himself to do those. But those are some of the things that you got the biggest uh, messages from and the biggest impact. So listeners out there, especially men here, because we can connect with you a little better. You got to do those things. I, I see that that's a area that I've been working on for years, but thanks to the help of, of Tom and the books and the study and everything else, it's getting better. It's a work in progress, but you got to start. You got to start. And uh, great stuff. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it, it's an interesting thing. Uh, and I'll just give an analogy. Um, and this is something that just kind of amazes me, but it's just human nature. I'll be talking to a uh, very successful executive. I'll just give an example. Somebody who's doing well in life, well in business. And I'll ask them, I'll say, hey, what's the number one reason for your success? And they'll say, oh, it's my family. You know, I've got, as dad called, I've got the home court advantage. You know, I've got a great wife, great kids. Or if they're a lady, they'll say, you know, got an amazing uh, support group. My husband supports me, whatever, whatever the situation is. And I'll say, well, that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. Um, by the way, we have a we have a marriage and family conference coming up. It's, it's going to be five hundred dollars, and, and uh, it's, in a, it's a couple of months. You know, you should come because you really. And they look at me like I'm an alien, and they'll make some excuse. Well, I'm busy that weekend, or or whatever. And then ten minutes later, I'll say, hey, by the way, we're we're having a, a presentation skills class, or we're having a sales class at our office. It's two days, it's $1,500, you want to come. And it's like, they say to me, well, well, show me the, you know, how much is it? $1,500. Okay, well, I'll clear my calendar and I'll be there. And so here's the thing. They told me from the beginning, the number one reason for their success was their family. And yet, to spend some time and some money investing in their family, they don't see how they can do it. But you turn around and show them how you can advance their career, they'll spend three times as much money and time to do it. And so that always puzzles me. And so when I, when I look at people in business, the ones who, who not just are successful from the world standpoint, but the people who really go to the top, to the next level, the ones that we all want to be like, and they're the ones who invest first in their family, they invest in their personal self, their life, you know, their physical health, the things that make us who we are. And then they add on top of that uh, investment into their business and their career and, and whatever they do. And so I think what we've always taught is that we're, it's the priority of that and the balance of that. And so if somebody says, uh, I'm going to sacrifice family time to come to your event, I kind of look at them crossways because I don't know what they mean by sacrifice. But if they say, 
hey, I can't come to your event because I've got family things, I give them a high five. And I let them know, hey, you know what, there'll be another one of these. But you've only got one family. And so that's, that's really ultimate. And so your decision to, to basically create the environment where you can be home when you're at home and work when you work, uh, and that is, that is stellar. Um, that is top, top-notch advice. And, and I just want to tell everybody listening, uh, I do work at home and at the office. Um, but my daughter's moved out 24, and my wife doesn't get up until I'm done with my, my office work here at home. So that's a little bit different situation. So wherever you are in life, what you've got to do is make that, that decision, that choice, to put your family first and to create the boundaries in your life that protect your family. If your family's good, and everything else is good. Uh, I remember one of my friends, he's a, he's a high-level uh, sports psychologist, and he works with pro athletes. And he was working with a PGA player who was good enough to win tournaments, but every time he would get ready to make the putt, you know, that was going to win the tournament, he would choke. I mean, he would literally miss a four-foot putt. And so he asked this professional golfer, he said, how many four-foot putts have you made in your life? And the golfer was like tens of thousands, practice, practice, practice. He said, so what's the most important thing to you? And he said, my family. He said, what's next? He said, my health. What's next? My relationship with God. You know, the top three that everybody talks about. He said, so the next time you're in that situation and you miss that putt, is your family going to change? Well, no. Your health? No. Your relationship to God? No. Well, then what's the pressure? Because the things that matter don't change. And so that freed him up. He won right after that. It freed him up. When we get the perspective of what matters, it allows us to perform at the highest level. That's incredible. Incredible. And it, 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 that kind of tied into what I had written down next here. Um, and, and to be honest, I had so many notes and I was like, well, should I ask the questions or should Tom and I just chat? Um, personally, I like it better when we just talk. So <laughs> I, I like the vibe Amen. going back and forth. Amen. Um, so that kind of ties into the, 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 the S4 that I've got written in my notes here, you know, moving from survival to stability, from stability to, um, did I miss one? Oh, success, stability, yeah. success, and then success to significance. And then of course it goes to where you know, uh, your father has uh, established and then you and your sisters and everyone at Ziegler is now continuing to carry on. And that is the legacy. So can, the legacy can be carried on for generations and generations, because obviously you as a person and your sisters and even your dad and mom, you can only impact so many people. But the more people you impact that continue to carry the message like the Ziegler legacy, boy, oh boy, think about the, the, the ripple effect. You know, you throw a pebble in the pond. Well, you guys have done more than throw a pebble in a pond. You've thrown a boulder in the pond, and boom, the ripple effects are, are being felt worldwide, which is fantastic. But, yeah, it, that that's pretty much what you were saying there, right? Uh, you, most people, unfortunately, are living in what that survival mode. And uh, uh, to get to that next step of stability, it's kind of a big step, isn't it? Yeah, you know, survival mode, uh, the way I define it, that's when you don't know who you are. Uh, what you're designed for, uh, what your purpose is, what your calling is, who do you want to become. And so, and I kind of also, I named these people zombies. 
and they just kind of wander through life. They do whatever's in front of them, uh, whatever somebody says they should do without really taking any thought to who they want to become. How are they going to grow to the next level? And then what happens is somehow we wake up. Somebody taps us on the shoulder, hey, you can do more than you think you can. Uh, you get a glimpse of your calling, your purpose, and then you make that decision, that's who I want to become. And then you start saying, well, will that job take me closer to, to where I want to be a year from now, to who I want to become? Well, hanging out with that group of people, will that elevate me to the next level to who I want to become? Well, reading that, doing that, uh, all of these things start to, to gel in your mind, and that's how you move from survival to stability. When you start to intentionally do things that allow you to develop into the person who automatically, almost by just, just like a machine, you automatically start producing the right kind of fruit. You produce the right kind of fruit because you start to create the right kind of habits. And so habits are, are key in this. We start doing the things that take us to where we want to go. So that moves us to stability. And then as we perfect those, as we get better, as we get more disciplined, uh, then we move into success. And success is, gosh, you know, success is fun. Success is when we start you know, having more fruit, whether it's financial success, family success, career success, it doesn't matter. And then the final level that we talk about there is significance. And significance is when you help someone else be, do, or have more than they thought possible. So that's the journey. And, of course, the ultimate significance is legacy, and that's when we teach and transfer you know, God's truth, our knowledge, our wisdom to those we love so they can make the decision. And it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I love martial arts just from a growth model. You know, a, a white belt, somebody who's basically just gotten out of their very first class is in a much better position than somebody who's never been. Right? Absolutely. They're no longer wandering. They said, you know what? <laughs> I want to do something proactive that's going to help me grow. And then as they learn and they perfect and they have more success, it's, you know, the physical stuff is, is, is great, but it's the self-esteem, it's the confidence, it's the character, the integrity, the things you learn and doing something difficult and persevering and, and going to that next level. And that's, that's what it's, what it's all about. And then that day awake, you awaken after that level of success and you go, wait a second, there's more to this than just me. I can teach the next one. And that's significant. And then legacy is when you have a bunch of people who you taught who are now teaching other people. And that's powerful. And all of life is like that. The family unit's like that. The business is like that. If we want to grow a business, we got to do the same thing. If, we, if we're a teacher or an educator, we got to do the same thing. Doesn't matter what role you're playing, that journey is the same. And so that's what we teach in the book, Choose to Win, is hey, we're all on a journey, but the ingredients for success are the same. We gotta make a decision, a choice, develop ourselves. Then we've got to choose the right habits. And then once we start to see success, we've got to help others do the same. That's incredible. Folks, boy oh boy. Well, if you're driving, I hope you're not taking physical notes. You may be taking mental notes. But as a reminder, 
rewind this thing. Listen to it multiple times. Share this with someone else and you know, create your own level of significance and legacy because you're inspiring, you're empowering someone else with the knowledge you just received. And that's how we make it happen. And that's how collectively, and working with the Ziegler family, making society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live is going to benefit all of us and the feeling. And, and Tom, I know uh, you mentioned, of course, you know, martial arts, so I love that tie-in. And uh, it's another connection why you're, I love your brother. <laughs> We're in there together, man. But going from that white belt and uh, moving on up, you move, I, I think, basically, I just kind of put it together. Your dad always talked about being a wonder in generality and a meaningful specific. So if you kind of just wandered in to the Martial Arts Academy or wandered in to a Choose to Win conference, well, you wandered in there, maybe you're a generality, but when you walk out, baby, you're going to be a meaningful specific because you've got something specific, a seed planted in your mind that you're going to do something with. Fantastic. And of course, all these lessons are in Tom's book, Choose to Win, Transform Your Life, One Simple Choice at a Time. And that's how, I mean, and Tom, you have experienced this far more than I have, but I think unfortunately people, they, they want to make a change, but they look at it, they look at the, the top of the mountain and it's too daunting. I'll never get there. As opposed to take one simple step at a time, transfer one bad habit into a good habit and slowly but surely, you know, uh, you're going to gain traction. You know, journey of a thousand miles starts with what? One, one step. Would you say all the speeches you've given and the people you talk to, obviously fear holds a lot of people back, but is it just, I don't know how to get there is the biggest thing or, or just overwhelmed by the journey? What would you say? You know, there's several things that hold people back. Um, obviously you just one by one, they don't know how, right? They've never been taught. They don't know how. Uh, and so if I don't know how my experience is when I don't know how to do something, when I try it, I fail. And so why even bother trying because I'm going to fail? Uh, I think a bigger one is mindset. It's, they bought into a belief that, well, other people can do that, but I can't. You know, you hear it all the time. Well, I, I, I want to I do that, but that requires a college education. And uh, nobody in my family has ever graduated from college. Therefore, you know, I'm not going to college. Well, wait a second. Thousands of people graduate from college all, you know, every semester, and they're the first ones in their family to get a college degree. That happens all the time. Well, you know, I've got this issue or that issue. I could never progress in martial arts. Wait a second. Have you looked around to see some of the people who progress to the highest level? And you're telling me that you've got more challenge than they do? <laughs> no, that's not the truth. So we got we got a mindset issue, right, a belief. And then another thing that holds people back is bad habits. I'll give you an example. Uh, talking to a gentleman, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got a day job that pays the bills. I don't really like it. I've got a dream job that I'm working on. And I say, okay, so what's your plan? And he said, well, my plan is in about six months, I'm going to start my dream job. And the way I'm doing that is I'm working my dream job every day when I get home an hour, two hours a night after my regular job. And then on the weekends, I'm going to do four or five hours of uh, work on it. And I think I can get enough side business, enough revenue, enough foundation that I can quit my day job and go full-time into my dream job. I mean, I was like, dude, that's an awesome plan. Talk, you know, talk to this person a month or two later. How's it going? Well, I haven't really started yet. Well, why not? Well, every time I get home from work, uh, I'm just tired. I'm just kind of worn out. And, you know, and I said, well, what, you know, well, what do you do when you get home? It's like, well, I 
six bags of Cheetos every night, you know, have a couple of Coke. And he, I was like, wow, okay. And I find out he's 100 pounds overweight. But here's the reality. The reason he doesn't have any energy when he gets home is he has a bad habit of eating the wrong kind of food, not getting enough exercise, not getting enough sleep. And so that's another reason that people don't venture into something. You know, it's not just mindset. It's not just, I don't know how to do it. It's, they literally are doing things that are bad that are preventing them from going where they want to go. And so choose to win is a holistic approach. It's identifying, hey, what are the things we can get rid of? What's the thinking that we've got to change? And then what's the plan I need to go make it happen? Because we really got to have all three of those in order to make it work. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and goodness gracious, I'm standing here with goosebumps, as always. Simple little things. And, of course, you know, if it's so simple, why don't more people do it? Because it's simple not to do it, right? <laughs> Just as simple to sit on the couch and eat those uh, Doritos and drink the Coke and and, and and just as you had said and your dad had said uh, uh, many, many times, it's it's not like this happens overnight. It's not like eating uh, one bag of chips or drinking one Coke is going to lead to this transformation. But as your book says, transfer your life one simple choice at a time. Well, after 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 days of doing that same cycle of sitting down, eating a bag of chips, drinking a Coke, obviously it's going to add up. And so it's going to take a little time to, to reverse that trend. But that gets into your dad's famous uh, block in a mailbox. And uh, I, I've shared it with the listeners, but I, I really like to hear uh, the listeners would love to hear it from you. Kind of how that started with a block in a mailbox. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell another story from one of our uh, certified trainers as well. Uh, so, Dad, when he wrote the book, he was, top, he was writing it. And this was back 19. 72, 73, and he realized that if he was going to write it, he needed to get in shape, right? Because he was telling people they could be what they want to be, do what they want to do, go where they want to go. And and he realized that, you know, he was about 36 pounds overweight. He needed to get in shape or else people weren't going to believe him. So he goes down to the Cooper Aerobic Center, Dr. Kenneth Cooper, and he gets all checked out, and they clear him to start jogging. So his plan is he's going to eat healthy and he's going to start jogging five days a week. And so he goes out, gets all the equipment, the shoes, the running gear. And the first day he jogs, he runs a block. He basically, he jogs to the end of the block and then he's out of breath. So he walks back home. Well, the next day he jogs a block and a mailbox. And then the next day, he jogged a block and two mailboxes. And then the next day, a block and three mailboxes. And so basically, Rich, what he did is he just added a mailbox every day, did that five days a week, and eventually he ran all the way around the block and then two blocks and then a half a mile and then a mile and then three miles and then five miles. And so we call it the BAM plan. BAM stands for block and a mailbox. And really, that's the secret to life. If you want to get in shape, if you want to progress in your career, if you want to get good grades in school, if you want to have a better relationship with your kids, doesn't matter. You you go out there and you you apply what you know as best as you can, 
and then you go back and you learn a little bit more, and you go do it again the next day, and you just add a little bit extra. I mean, if you're in sales, just imagine if you applied this principle every day for a year in sales, where every day you just did a little bit more, a little bit extra. Whether you learned something new and applied it or made one extra call, it doesn't matter. But if you just up your game just a tiny bit every day, your life is totally different. So we were teaching our uh, VLC class, which you came through, Rich, which is, which is awesome, uh, Ziggler Legacy Certification. And we have a lady named Heather Pritchard who came through. And we asked, you know, does anybody here have your own block in the mailbox story? And she raises her hand. And Heather's just an amazing lady. And she said, well, let me tell you my story. She got pregnant and she had complications. And they ended up wanting to take the baby because they were afraid she was going to die. And she said, no, I'm going to have my baby. Well, she had the baby and she ended up paralyzed. And they said, you'll never walk again. Baby was healthy. And so in the hospital, in intensive care, going through recovery, she said, I'm going to, she set a goal. She said, I'm going to walk before my baby walks. That was her goal. And so she does massive physical therapy. She's on a walker. She can barely move. And they finally say, okay, you can go home. But the physical therapist would come to her house every day. And so what they would do is they would go outside, and she would have her walker. And she would set a goal to walk to the mailbox next to her. Well, the neighbors found out about it. And they knew what time she was going to walk every day. And so each of her neighbors would come out at the time she was going to walk. And they would all stand by their mailboxes. And they would have a little cookie or a little treat to give her and cheer her on for every mailbox that she made. And she hit her goal. She walked before her baby walked. That's powerful. Now that's a block in the mailbox story right there. And, and and the thing about it, we've all got. I mean, hopefully, it's not as extreme as Heather's, but we've all got that whatever limited belief, that demon, that inside that's telling us we can't do it, that's holding us back. And if Heather would have listened to the doctors and everybody else, boy, when and I got a chance to meet her at the ZLC. She's an incredible person, and we're friends on Facebook. And I see some of the wonderful things that her and her husband are doing. And it, it it's yeah. a, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. And uh, folks, if you, on, on Facebook and social media, if you're not following the Zig Ziglar page, oh, you are missing out. Get on that thing. I think, what do you have, Tom, 4.6 million subscribers to that page or fans? Something like that. It's a lot. And then also. So we have room for that. <laughs> you got room for one or two more. You better get in there. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing with your podcast, the Ziglar podcast. I think you've, uh, were you out with that? Like. Closing on two million or more uh, subscribers, fantastic! That is- yeah, we've had forty million downloads. So they, they forty they million podcast. You know how many downloads you get on a regular basis versus how many subscribers you have. So and then, it, yeah, it, that's amazing. That podcast is amazing. Is it just Ziggler podcast? What, what was the name of the podcast? It's called the Ziggler Show. Ziggler Show. So you can go to iTunes and just type in the Ziggler Show, or you can go to the ZieglerShow.com, or I think it's just ZieglerShow.com. 
I'm, I'm definitely a subscriber, so it's it's fantastic. And uh, of course, to have you on my podcast, I'm just uh, beyond words thankful and grateful. Wow, getting goosebumps again here. <laughs> and then the the endorsement video that we did at uh, the ZLC. That's fantastic, and all kinds of comments on that thing. So thank you again for that, and just the time together. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got uh, that video we filmed with with your book there. I was going to release that to introduce this podcast. So I just want to tell the folks once again, it's Choose to Win by Tom Ziegler. Transform your life one simple choice at a time. And we've talked about a, a number of those simple little choices, the block in a mailbox. And, man, share, share with us your own block in a mailbox experience. But make sure you subscribe to the podcast, not only the Kickin' Life podcast, but definitely the Ziegler Show podcast as well. So, Tom, we're, we're, we're closing in on the time, and I know you've got uh, other obligations coming up. So I just want to ask, uh, out of all your dad's quotes and all your, well, I don't know if that's fair to ask you what your favorite quote is of your own, <laughs> but I am going to ask if you have a favorite of your dad's. Uh, I will share mine. The one I... Uh, I don't know, since the very first podcast I've been saying is you can get everything in life you want if you simply help enough other people get what they want. Boom. Talking about giving back, talking about doing what you can, being your very best to give your very best. But my, the one that actually on the Ziegler coaching profile, it's on your website there. The, the quote that I put is kind of the one that really resonates with me the most is you are where you are and what you are by what you've put in your mind. You can change where you are and what you are by changing what goes into your mind. And I, that, that has such a profound impact on me on so many levels because, as I shared with you, up until 2012, I, I had never heard of Zig Ziglar. I was living in a cave under a rock and had never heard of him. And I, unfortunately, was not putting the right data into the brain. I had a ton of weeds and negative vegetation, if you will, in my mental garden. But once I started hearing those things, that first book was better than good. And just talking about those little bitty things to make life better than good. Not just good, but better than good. And I just spoke with Howard uh, Partridge two days ago. And, of course, he's got phenomenally good. <laughs> so I said we'd combine yeah. those together. Better than good plus phenomenally good equals kicking life great. So, bang, that's a right and left hook of reality. There you go. All right. So well, you know what? pressure's on. What's, what's your favorite? <laughs> We have the same favorite one. You are what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are and where you are by changing what goes in your mind. That's always been my favorite of all of Dad's classic quotes. And that's how I created kind of my version of that quote, which is what you feed your mind determines your appetite. Wow. So, one, one more time. One more time. One more time for the people that may have missed it. What you feed your mind determines your appetite. Man. Who do you want to become? What do you want to accomplish? Where do you want to go? What do you want to be known for? Write that down. Okay. Now feed your mind information, education, inspiration that takes you there. And suddenly you're going to crave more of that. I mean, your appetite is going to be for that. So our appetite and our appetite determine what we put into our mind. And, and so, Rich, I don't think I've shared this quote on any, any podcast yet. Uh, I was doing a devotional a couple of days ago. Uh, I posted it on, on Facebook. But here's a new quote that I'm really, really liking. 
Listen up, folks. Turn it up. First time on the Kicking Life podcast. No other podcast. Yay! <laughs> Here it is. Tom Ziegler original. Your calling is not meant to fit who you are today, but who God created you to become. Oh, my goodness. And so many of us, we get overwhelmed. We, God, we think of this dream or this calling and this purpose, and we're like, how could I ever do that? Well, guess what? You've been given that calling because it's that it's it's the fuel that's going to help you become the person God created you to become. So let me say it again, please. Your calling, your purpose, your why, whatever it is, is not meant to fit who you are today, but who God created you to become. If, if you're not okay. If you're not overwhelmed by your calling, then it's probably not your calling. That is fantastic on so many levels. And folks, just so you know, I, I truly did not know that, that was Tom, that was your favorite quote from your dad. <laughs> I don't think we ever talked about that. So uh that that's that's pretty awesome. No wonder we connect so well in such a short amount of time. Wow. The yeah, man. F- sharing that new quote. Uh, that's so exciting. Good stuff, good stuff. So, Tom, share with everybody where and how they can find you. Um, we talked about, you know, the Zig Ziglar page, but what about Tom Ziglar? You bet. Uh, well, you can go to choosetowinbook.com. You have a lot of free gifts there, and that's where you get the book. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Tom Ziglar. I'm on Twitter, at Tom Ziglar. Um, but, you know, I think you know your audience pretty well, Rich, so... Hey, if you got a question for me, you can just email me, Tom at Ziggler.com. How about that? Folks, wow. I mean, that is direct access to, to Zig Ziggler's son. How can you turn that down? And Tom, thank you so much. Goodness gracious. Well, boy, I'll tell you what, we could talk forever here, but I want to be respectful of your time. And I know also on, on the, the Choose to Win website, uh, the free downloads, is, is that where they could find the wheel? I've talked about the wheel of life before. Is that on there? You know, um, when you there's a link in the book "Choose to Win" that'll that'll give you the uh, Wheel of Life uh, as a download. So if you have the book "Choose to Win," you can get that. It's in there. I think it's. Gosh, uh, Rich, I don't know off the top of my head what that what that download oh, what okay. that link is, but it might be uh, Ziggler.com forward slash. Uh, choose to win. So I think that might be it. Okay. Folks, you'll just have to get the book because it's fantastic. I've uh, listened to the audible book twice now and then thumbed through and picked out my favorite (laughs) stuff in the book. Uh, Also, folks, you've been listening a while. I've given away, I don't know how many, the Zig Ziglar little book of big quotes. I ordered, uh, I don't know how many those from uh, Lori there. So I've uh, been sending those out. Just go to our Kicking Life with Master Grogan Facebook page and say, hey, I want one. You got to tell me what you want, though, because I want you to say it. Uh, Zig Ziglar's little book of big quotes. And uh, then I'll we'll private message each other so I can get your address and I'll send you that book. But uh, don't don't put your address, obviously, on the social media feed there. Well, Tom, do you have any parting words for our audience? I mean, I, I truly cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your busy day. Everybody's busy, and the, and the fact that you've cared enough about, uh, I guess, me and uh, the show and the listeners to take time. 
Golly, thank you so much. Well, what a blessing to be on your show. I'm proud of you and uh, proud of what you're doing with your family and, and uh, how you're you're getting your balance and you're taking care of the priorities in the right order. And it's just been a blessing to be on. So thank you so much, Rick. Thank you, Tom. And uh, I'm saying it on the air because the – well, one of the things that took away from one of many, many from the conference was not being afraid to tell somebody you love them. Tom, I love you, buddy. Yeah, love you too, brother. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, folks, wow, another exciting episode. This was episode number 134 with Mr. Tom Ziegler, son of legendary, motivational, wonderful, wonderful human being, Zig Ziegler. And you heard it here on the Kickin' Life podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, download, because we are working together, folks. We are doing this, making society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live by each and every one of us doing those little bitty things to help others, to empower kids, to believe in themselves, to become their absolute personal best, to live better than good, phenomenal good, kicking life, great life. All right, folks, I love you. I truly do. God loves you. Please share that love with the world. And until we talk again, you get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll be your very best. God bless you. God bless your loved ones. I can't wait to chat with you again real soon. Have a blessed day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week, another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.